This program is not intended to diagnose, cure, or treat any disease or disorder. The listener is encouraged to seek sound medical advice from their doctor or other qualified healthcare practitioner before taking any supplements or starting a new health regimen. Welcome to the Nutrition Heretic Weekly Podcast. I'm Jim Ducharme, your co-host. Along with me, Adrian Hugh, all the way from Hawaii, where I understand it's, surprise, surprise, nice and sunny. It's raining, my, my friend. Oh, it's, it's raining? raining? As a matter of fact, my kids were supposed to have have a, a singing a performance tonight at their school, and it was going to be out on the lawn, and they had to cancel it. Because my neighborhood is not only rainy, it's windy, and so we get that sideways rain. Oh, so kind even of. If, even if we would be under a tent, everybody would still be drenched. Kind of like San Francisco, where you walk down the street in a really bad rainstorm, and you notice all the people in the pubs that are looking out the window are laughing at you as you go by. I've, uh, I've had that experience. I assume so. Yep. I <laughs> haven't spent that much time in San Francisco, but yeah, let's. Oh yeah, I mean, it's a comedy go. thing. Like if they're down in the tourist area, they just love to watch a tourist umbrella fold up. Oh, that's yeah. that's mean. <laughs> you know, uh, no, but uh, it's yeah, it's it's surprisingly cool because, uh, as I have told you before, we have uh, eleven of the world's thirteen microclimates on this island, and uh, where I live is very lush and green. We don't have palm trees. We're up in the mountains. We've got lots of cows. And uh, I mean, we definitely have some tropical foods and things that grow up here, but uh, we actually can grow a lot of the stuff that can't be grown on other parts of the island, like more of the, the mainland foods, let's say, that uh, can't grow on other parts of the island. We can grow them up here. And speaking of food growing and stuff like that, once again, we have the, uh, the voice of officialdom coming out and basically telling you that you were right all along. Yeah, you know, it just... <sighs> It's kind of funny because I watch I watch Facebook threads and I see people who are so pro GMO and they're pro pesticides and they can't see a way around it and it's all about kill kill slash and burn. We need to take this under our our hands. The guys in the white lab coats they know more. You're a quack because you tell people that organic is better than conventional food and they just released a report saying that organic food is better than conventional food and now we can believe it. <laughs> now, now, now we can officially believe that. Now we can have our cake and eat it too. Yes, and actually, this is this is one of the things that that we have to be careful though with because when we have a an organic food that is turned into something like an extruded breakfast cereal, if you don't know what extruded is, it's, it's uh, those those nifty shapes that don't exist in nature, really. And so those little. Marshmallow uh, Cheerios. Yeah, Cheerios, Chex Mix, all these things that are pushed through the, uh, at dye at very high rates of pressure. It, it uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? It, it turns it into a Franken protein, basically. <laughs> it, it distorts, that's the word I'm looking for. It distorts the shape of the amino acids in these foods. So because organics do have higher levels of amino acids, your organic Cheerios might actually do more detriment to you than the conventional ones, believe it or not. Wow. I, it, you know, I've never heard that before. I honestly haven't, that the actual, you know, that molding these things into the little... You know, uh, I mean, so are, are you saying that, you know, not to point a finger at a specific cereal or something, but a cereal like, say, shredded wheat that's just wheat shredded? 
Just some uh, I don't know that it's actually just wheat shredded. It sounds like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but more often than not, these uh, cereals that, that take on uh, these very specific shapes uh, go through a very high uh, pressure system of uh, being pushed through these dyes. It's similar to the, the homogenization of milk where they sus- artificially suspend the fat molecules. Uh, in the milk, and it also creates patterns that the body can't recognize. So more of this in your bloodstream tells your body, don't drink milk. So when we're talking about cereal, then Frankenberry cereal is aptly named. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Those berries are, they're not berries. (laughs) That's right. I like my berries crunchy. Thank you. So, okay, so, so, and, and this is important because remember, uh, last time we talked with Tudor Pengal, mm. who had, um, healed himself of 20 years of back pain. And he, he, he pointed to getting rid of a lot of this kind of food or anti foods, as I call them, from the diet because they wreak havoc on your system. Your body doesn't really know how to, uh, how to, uh, uh assimilate them to make them usable, to give you the raw materials that you need to build bone, to build uh, the, uh, the muscular structure that you need to, to hold up that bone. Hmm. Right? You- so, um, and actually I realized after we recorded that episode that I didn't finish the story about my dad, because if you remember, my dad was in the hospital uh, and he, he went to the hospital to get his back worked on because he was having this, this pinched nerve. And they uh, basically had uh, paralyzed him with this surgery. Mm. So once they uh, – he's walking now. I'll put it that way. So it was temporary, but they did have to go in there and fix what they did wrong. And uh, he is walking, but it's, uh, he's, not, he's, he's not nearly – back to where he was before because if you remember he was an extremely active guy uh he's not totally hobbling around you know he can get a, he he's lives alone right now and you know he's doing well in that sense well enough to take care of himself but uh definitely uh not the guy he was 6 months ago you know before he went in when he was able to play tennis and like I was saying, mow other people's lawns for for them, mow his own, own lawn. He was always building stuff. I mean, the guy is he's no slouch. So as far as uh, being a back pain sufferer or even in the situation that he's in now, it's it did not come out of laziness as uh, we talked to Tudor and we're going to talk to our guest today about how uh, lifestyle uh, affects uh, the back and why it leads to back pain. Uh, our guest today is author and certified neuromuscular therapist, Gotti Kaufman. He wrote a book called Back Pain Relief in 90 Seconds. Welcome, Gotti. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Gotti. Hi. Um, Gotti, I wanted to, uh, first of all, I wanted to ask you your impressions of something like what happened to my dad. Uh, he goes to the doctor, he gets a bunch of doctors say, yeah, get surgery, you need surgery, you're old, get surgery. Uh, is that always the best place to start for pinched nerves, back pain, low back pain, or any back pain for that matter? Well, as a matter of fact, uh, you have to have, uh, if, if you have a pinched nerve, usually it's being impinged, 
and compressed by the disc or some part or some part of the vertebra which call facet. In this kind of situation, it's more mechanical. Right. And it looks like this is could be one of the causes for lower back pain, but the majority is not mechanical. Is not mechanical. I think the majority is more a uh, neuromuscular response of the nervous system. Right. And when I say neuromuscular response is when muscles start to get tired or they are being overstretched or they're being moved too fast. All this information is being sent immediately to the autonomic nervous system, who, which we have no control. Right. This in, th- this information is being perceived as a threat. It's a defense mechanism. This autonomic nervous system will send the spasm signals. Basically, it's called protective muscle spasm reflex. It's the attempt of the nervous system to stop you because you feel pain. And when it sends this protective muscle spasm signal, it's being sent through the gamma signal, as soon as it happens, the muscle will contract and it will lose its ability to stretch, to lengthen. Right. As long as the muscle is in spasm, it will keep sending the stress signal to, back to the autonomic nervous system. They are called alpha signal. Okay. So now, now you have this loop between the spastic muscle and the nervous system they start to be fed by each other, and this reflex signal is indefatigable. And this is why muscle spasm can last years and years and years. Right. So are we not seeing any of that type of spasm in something like a pinched nerve? I'm, I'm, I keep, I'm sorry to keep moving back to the pinched nerve. But you know, once we have, because I understand it, that uh, what's happening in that situation often is that it's uh, part of the the actual spinal cord, the um, the casing for the spinal cord is is getting stuck between the disc. Is that correct? Yes. So and and so, are, do we have the muscles now pulling, hold, you know, holding tight and keeping that pinched in there? Is that part of the problem? So now, once the nerve is impinged, it will irritate the nervous system as a defense mechanism. It will send muscle spasm, but now the muscle spasm is secondary. Right. Okay. Primary is the pinched nerve. Right. Right. But if we can loosen those those muscles or or get them to relax. They will not relax as long as you have the pressure on the nerve. uh Aha. I see what you're saying. Now they are secondary. Okay. 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 Awesome. Primary is the... Impinge nerve. Right. So you need to 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 um, get that. Yeah. You. I guess now we operate when it's the pressure on the nerve. Uh huh. Now. Most of, yeah. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to ask you. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> we keep talking over each other. I was going to ask you: uh, is is not really understanding where the origin of the pain is coming from, in your opinion, is that one of the reasons why many therapists 
and chiropractors and others who who treat uh, low back pain or any kind of back pain is that is it not really understanding the genesis of the pain why they tend to make mistakes and and treat the wrong thing or or you know go after the wrong part of the body yeah i think this mean they have a kind of misconception if you feel pain most of the people would start looking for something they see they will think okay i guess i have to stretch or stretch massage or do something else to the muscle or maybe to adjust the joint but physically the bones can't move they are being pulled by spastic muscles right spastic uh, the muscles themselves they are not independent structure they know they do not know what to do they send signal to the autonomic nervous system and and receive the message back receive the message back to contract to stretch or to stay contracted means in spasm so basically what cause the spasm it's not the muscle it's the nervous system because the nervous system basically controls all other system of the body so because most of the people don't see the nervous system they cannot relate to that they do whatever they do and they uh concentrate either on the muscles or the bones right so, but so the muscle are just the employees we have to talk to the boss <laughs> right the boss is nervous system right right there's no point to communicate to the employees you are back to square one right so so then how does because i was re- i read your book and you mm-hmm. your technique that you're using is called strain counter strain yes there is another more friendly name it's called positional release but the tech the the technical term of this technique is yeah strain counter strain and it was discovered and developed by dr lauren jones he was a doctor of osteopathy in the 50s wow okay and what is unique about this te- about this technique it switch off the spasm signal from the nervous system as soon as the spasm is stopped the muscle fibers will not compress as much the blood vessels and now there will be increased flow of blood into circulation and most 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 people do not know that we have about 60,000 miles of blood vessels in the body right It's huge irrigation system it's supposed to move efficiently to carry oxygenation and nutrition into the muscle and get rid of the lactic acid which is the cause of the pain so if this uh, circulation system is being slowed down compromise the muscle spasm it's like having a big uh, traffic jam on the freeway mm and the longer the the longer the dysfunction the smaller the function which means the longer the muscle are in spasm they compress first the blood vessels then the joints and then they eventually they compress the nerve 
So the longer the dysfunction, the less we can do because we will have more and more pain and symptom. Right, right. Yeah, so we have to talk to the nervous system to release the muscle spasm to improve blood circulation. After you release the spasm, then it should be more effective to work on the muscle itself. Mm-hmm. And if you still need joints, but we have to start with the boss. Right. Now, how does this compare? Because uh, a few weeks ago, I had some shoulder pain. Uh, and a friend of mine told me uh, to check out something called the Igoscu method. Uh-huh. Which, which I'm sure you've heard of. Yes, yes. Uh, how does this compare to Agoscu? What, what, do, what do they do that you don't do and vice versa? Uh, uh, the, I have uh, read a book, and it looks like they tend to use a specific program of exercise to retrain the body, which makes sense. Right. One of my colleagues used to be here next to me in my suite and used to have this technique, so we work together. Okay. And I think once the muscle is in spasm, it does not respond to exercise, stretch, massage, any kind of uh, modality towards the spastic muscles many times will make it worse because it will keep exciting the nervous system. Mm-hmm. And we need to calm down the nervous system to switch off the spasm signal before working on the muscle itself. Right, right. So when I work with them, first I release the muscle spasm, and then the patient used to go to see him, and the whole thing was much more effective because the spasm signal was stopped. Ah, so 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 this complements yes, um, and could be a good first line for people looking for something like the Agoscu method. It's I think it's the first line of attack, the nervous system. Right, right, right. So and, uh, yeah. No, I was just going to say that our our previous guest that we had on the show, he uh, he didn't have the availability to someone like you, and uh, he suffered for twenty years with back pain. Mm-hmm. And so what he ended up doing was he realized he had a bit of a gut and he's not that tall. <laughs> but, you know, he was like he was he went up to what do you say? 190, 190 pounds, something like that. And he said this, you know, enough is enough. And so he uh, pursued losing weight. Uh, he used a an inversion table. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was actually the first time that he thought that he might even be able to overcome this back pain because it it was to the point he couldn't lift a pencil off the ground without wincing and crying and (laughs) making faces. Uh, But what do you think about that as far as the, uh, the, whether it's the sedentary lifestyle or just people carrying too much weight in their upper body and that compressing uh, 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 the... um, the, the tissues and and making the putting putting the body into spasm, putting the muscles into spasm. Well, I've no doubt that uh, extra weight will make it harder for the muscular system to carry the body. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think the because we live in a, such a sedentary society, it's the main cause of lower 
back pain because we sit at the office, we sit in the car, we sit at home watching TV. Eventually, this muscle will get tired. As soon as they get tired, they will send distress, the alpha signal to the nervous system, and as a defense mechanism, it will send the muscle spasm. Right. Once the muscle spasm, it will slow down circulation and it will go, it will go basically downhill from there. Mm-hmm. But most of the people don't know that the major culprit of low back pain is not in the back itself. Right. It's really referral pain, right? Yes, yes. yes. It is from the hip flexors, the iliopsoas muscle, which are located in front and the side of the spine, and they are connected to the hip and to the leg. Once these muscles are in spasm, they tend to twist the spine to the left and side bend to the other side. It will compress the SI joint and it will compress the thigh into the hip joint. Right. All, this, all this information will upset the autonomic nervous system. As a defense mechanism, it will send more muscle spasm to the back and to the hip and to the other parts of the body. Besides, this muscle will change the position of the hips. The hips are supposed to be level because they carry the center of gravity. Once the hips are not level, this muscle usually will rotate right hip a little more between quarter of an inch to an inch forward than mm-hmm. more than the left hip. So when you're on your back, it will push your leg down. It will make it longer. It will make the left leg shorter. But it's not because some kind of anatomy anatomical discrepancy it's between it's because the hip was rotating forward right once you stand up naturally you will shift the weight to the shorter leg yes exactly the hips and spine will shift to the left all this information will be sent to the autonomic nervous system which is responsible to keep the eyes level it's a reflex we need to keep the eyes level because if they are not level, we get dizzy. As soon as you shift into the left, the nervous system says, hey, you are too much to the left. I need you to fire the muscle on the right side of the spine, on the right side of the, between the hip and the spine. I want you to fire them to shift the spine to the other side. So it's being done immediately. As soon as it's being done, the nervous system says, hey, you are too much to the right. I need you to lift your left shoulder higher to level your eyes. Mm. All this all this excessive muscular activity is just the attempt of the nervous system to keep your eyes level. It's for survival. Wow, that's, so, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. And it's, oh, sorry, it's, I don't want to cut you off again. <laughs> But it's just it just goes to show that we can't isolate one part of the body as being no. involved in Absolutely any Absolutely disorder not. that we're, we're talking about. Everything is connected. Everything, every second. There's constant communication between your hips and your eyes. Every second. Wow, that's 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 amazing. So, so, so do you think that some people who have eye problems 
that if you fix their hips, their eyes would <laughs> would clear. Well, sometimes it does, but not always. It right. depends what is the cause. Yes, if, of course. Yeah, right. But uh, you would be surprised to find out that the majority of the people don't have level hips. I know I don't. I was diagnosed with scoliosis as a child. It's very slight, but... Right. Yeah, but... Okay, but this is more hereditary. Right. Most, right. Of, most of the people have what is called functional scoliosis, which mm -hmm. the spine is a little bit rotating and twisting because the spine is supposed to be 90 degrees uh, uh, 90 degrees to the hips if they are level. As soon yes. as the hips rotate, right hip will, because it's connected to the L5, will twist the spine. Right. And then it will go all the way to the neck. So the majority don't have level hips, I think because most of us are right-handed. Mm -hmm. And most of us tend to drive automatic cars, which means we use the hip flexor on the right side much more than the left. Yes. This muscle eventually will get tired and spastic. Once they get in spasm, they change the bar, they will, they will change the, because they change the location of the right hip, the hips will not be level and the, it would change the whole biomechanics of the body. It could affect your back, your neck, your shoulder, knees, and ankles. So it goes down to the foundation. This is why when, when uh, somebody comes to see me, I listen to the symptom. But I never start with the symptoms because there are symptoms. Right. I have to see the whole picture and usually it starts with the hips. Right, right. So, and this is one thing that I've noticed about myself, and I know you're, we're talking about scoliosis being more of a hereditary issue, but um, I, I wouldn't say that I, ha I get dizzy spells, but <laughs> I do have, um, uh, I, when I, uh, I was a dancer for many years, and when I would spin, I would get totally off kilter where I, I had trouble Keeping, uh, you know, I had all the tricks in the of the trade for not getting dizzy when I would spin, but it would always happen to me. And so I, you know, you're really putting a lot in my head right now as to why that was always such an issue for me, even though I had all the mechanics and all the technical right. stuff right. right. There right. was always, and my vision was fine. It just when I would spin, I would tip over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It uh, makes sense. But mechanically, because the nervous system will have to compensate, to compensate more and more in its uh, in in its attempt to keep your eyes level. So right. when the hips are not level, it's like uh, driving a car with a flat tire. Yes, the car will swerve to the left, and you will try to swerve to the center, and this is what. The nervous system does every second. Yes, yes. So, Gadi, so, yeah. sorry to interrupt. Please, go ahead. I just want to ask a quick question. Okay, uh, I'm listening. Uh, so, it sounds to me as if one of the best things you can do for back health is just go for a daily walk. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it depends. But usually, uh, the the... 
longer you have yeah yes i what well, i assume just daily work is fine but uh once the hips are not level the more active you are you exacerbate the dysfunction got it it's like if you have a flat tire instead of slow down you'll go faster right exactly <laughs> that's a, that's a good, good just analogy sports. this is why i see athletes they do whatever they do and they are much worse than other people they are in good shape but they really messed up the whole nervous system not just the muscle right because once some muscle on spasm it will it will it's uh, like an avalanche it will cause more and more muscle to compensate mhm and many time when the hip flexors are in spasm they get weak they get weak not because lack of use because they got shorter and shorter and shorter and the sh- the shorter they are they have less distance to fire to engage and then they get weaker and weaker because they don't do their job they su- they're supposed to propel the leg forward because they are not as effective the nervous system will ask the muscle above the hip the muscle along the spine the obliques the, to compensate and to kick in to move the leg forward and then they they are the the compensating muscles and of course you feel the pain but they are not the cause they are the symptoms this is why i tend always to start with the hip flexors not with the back with the hip flexor which are on the side and the front of the body right right so walking is nice as long as you, you know if uh, as long as you don't go too fast because if you go too fast you uh, uh, exacerbate the dysfunction right Um, yeah, just to let anyone listening know, uh, we've gotten a little bit technical during this conversation, but uh, Gotti's book is really super user-friendly, and, and I, this, that's one thing I really, really loved about it, because you do explain a bit about the, the origins of pain, where it's coming from, the involvement of the autonomic ner- nervous system in a way that's very digestible for anyone who wants to read it. It's not... It's not so so technical that you can't grasp it, but gosh, what is it four fifths of the book at least is, is exercises that people can do and uh, ve- when I say exercises, a lot of them are pretty much laying on your back <laughs> right well, yeah <laughs> at least in the first part of the book well, I don't really call it exercise there are more. releases right re- the releases yes uh, well yes. i'm thinking yes. positions you know the positions right. that people right. are putting putting themselves in right. um and yeah not exercise in the in the workout sense but exercise in the do this step do that step <laughs> oh that's right. a relief yes yeah. just speaking yeah. uh, for myself see what you did there <laughs> so what is nice about this technique is extremely gentle because what you do to stop the spasm signal instead of stretching it you slacken it you relax it 
the muscle is short but not contracting. And once you found the right position, which is between 5 to 10 degrees, the muscle spasm will stop sending the distress signal to the nervous system. As uh, immediately the nervous system will stop the spasm signal. So the technique is very gentle, but at the same time very effective because it manipulates the core of the human body, the nervous system. Right. So since I've been teaching this technique every day, many times a day, I decide uh, I decide to write a book because it can be done at home. And yes. it's no pain. It's just find the right position to stop the spasm signal. Right. And usually I get between three to 5,000 visits uh, to my site every month from all over the world. Wow. And there's a lot of people looking for help. Absolutely. And, and, least- and unfortunately, uh, we, as we discussed before, uh, the conventional route does not always acknowledge where that pain is coming from and people are getting uh, mixed results at best, in my opinion. Uh, Because I have done the chiropractor routes and and all those types of things and uh, have can't... I'm not saying that chiropractors are bad and I'm definitely not going to say that they've destroyed anything, which many people will like to say. Uh, I have my own theories on why things happen but um you know this is this is very important and i'm really glad that your your work is getting out there now uh because you are helping a lot of people but uh, one thing i gotta ask you though 90 seconds is when that an I exaggeration say, <laughs> no, 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 no when i say 90 seconds i means once you're in the position right. you have to stay at least 90 seconds because it's in this 90 seconds once the spasm has been stopped, the blood starts to flow into the tissue. Mm-hmm. Oxygen, nutrition in, lactic acid out. And after 90 seconds, you check the specific tender points that you are supposed to found to find it will be gone. Right. Completely gone. Well, between 60 to 70% or 100%. And it's very surprising that it's gone for most of my patient, but if you understand their physiology, it makes sense. Right. It's because we deal basically with elect, elect, electrical currents, mm-hmm. signal between nervous system and the muscle system. They are called reflexes or impulses, but it's the same mechanism when you switch on and off your computer. Right. Electrical signal. Right. So once you understand that, it just makes sense that you can release the spasm really fast if you find the position. Do you if know what you I, did, Sorry, yeah? Gotti, please go ahead. Sorry. I just wanted to, I just had this abstract image that all, the way you're describing this in my mind, and I don't know if I'll describe this effectively for you two to know what I mean. But you remember those toys we used to have as kids? that had strings going all through them and they came on a little sort of pedestal and if you push the bottom of the pedestal the doll would go completely limp and and if you took your hand off it the doll would because the string that was holding the doll together was spring-loaded the doll oh sort of you know what i mean it i get that image in my mind when you're talking about this the you know the interconnection the 
the how the muscles are you know are are working with each other rather than just doing their own thing absolutely and they are all they are all they're supposed to work together and they are all controlled by the nervous system every second so you uh you uh usually i i spend uh you know sometime i feel like uh um uh, i just say that um some kind of electrician i just switch off different fuses in the body i hope you're cheaper than an electrician <laughs> that's all i gotta See, say <laughs> you, you know jim you, you um I, I was really respecting you because of your last comment about the toy yeah. which i have no idea what that toy is but <laughs> but then my question is all i keep thinking through my head is uh will i be able to do splits if i do this <laughs> for 20 minutes a day for the next month uh you will be surprised how much the range of motion would be increased cuz i want to do splits this is this is like my this is my 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 white whale okay <laughs> okay well first you have to release the spasm okay so so I'm there is a spasm that is keeping my legs from absolutely okay okay Once... i'm going to do this and i'm going to report back okay. to you guys not yet not yet once you stop the signal then you can start stretching the fibers yes and they will stay mm-hmm. as long as the muscle spasm you can stretch it will not stay it will bounce back mm-hmm. as long mm-hmm. as the muscle spasm is there right see I, i don't even have a bounce back mine is just stiff it's like you're yeah. not going there you're not going there yeah this is what the nervous system says don't go anywhere don't go because now you're in a spasm now most most people tend to a little bit confused about muscle spasm because usually they think muscle spasm is when they they can't move oh my god i can't move it's so bad this is what i call high intensity muscle spasm but most of the people work work through lifetime with many low intensity muscle spasm all over the body they don't know that because they don't feel the pain yet but if they poke into the muscle it will be extremely tender sometimes painful but once a, once a while this low intensity muscle spasm will fluctuate and change to high intensity mm-hmm. and you can't move because there are too much pain but the majority of the people uh work with a lot of muscle spasms through lifetime and you can see if you watch them their right hip is higher than the left yes left shoulder is higher than the right mm-hmm. all this spasticity they are not even aware of it but it's there one day they just have to lean to pick up a piece of paper and then the low intensity will switch to high intensity and they they freeze Yes. So when I work on a patient, I'm looking for the low intensity. Right. And it will be all over the body, not where they feel the symptoms. 
Right, exactly. Uh, Gotti, we're gonna we're uh, running out of time, but I wanted if you have a quick success story you can share with us of somebody who you know maybe was almost crippled and then left your office walking. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, I used to work with this gentleman. He had a really bad accident in his twenties, and he had too low backup to operation, and they expect him to to. Uh, to stay in a wheelchair, and he said, no, no, there's no way, he has very strong will, and he started doing, you know, physical therapy and exercise, and he was fine, but he said for the next 40 years, he just lived with pain. He went to bed with pain, and he woke up with pain. Mm -hmm. So when he saw me the first time, I could see the look, in his eyes, oh, come on, what can you do for me? You know, I've been so, you know, I've been to so many therapists and I'm, and I'm still in pain. Anyway, after this, after the first session, he was in shock. There's something really changing his body. Anyway, he uh, just kept, uh, he really studied all the releases and he kept using them day after day. Eventually, he got rid of the muscle spasm. Once the muscle spasm was gone, he didn't have pain. And then he could go to the gym. Wow. So now, now he goes about three, four times a week. He goes to the gym and he plays golf. He said he feels much better than he was in his 20. He's now 68. That's awesome. So my point is that muscle uh, the the list of the muscle spasm would open the gate, open the curtain. Once you don't have the spasm, then you can do all the other modalities and to move forward. Because switching the muscle spasm will not switch the fibers. It's just stop the spasm signal. Right. Well, I'm, I'm definitely going to put this into practice because I had a, I was involved in a car accident about. Uh, 15, 16 years ago. And uh, I definitely know that it screwed up digestive disorders. I had some, I still have a little TMJ from that. And even though this, this is about low back pain, I can't see uh, where it would not uh, give me some benefit, particularly talking about the autonomic ner- nervous system and being able to relax and the body knowing that it's safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Letting the body know it's safe. Yeah. So um, I just want to let everybody know that your website is gaudybody.com. That's G-A-D-I-B-O-T-Y.com. And uh, he, there you have some videos, correct? Yes. And uh, your book, uh, the uh, sorry, Back Pain Relief in 90 Seconds, is available on Amazon.com. Uh, we will have links to all of this on our website. Sorry, did you have something else to mention? Amazon and... Uh iTunes. Oh, and on iTunes. That's right. Okay. Yes. So his book is available on Amazon and on iTunes. And again, his website is gaudybody.com. And Jim, can you take us out of here? I sure can. And if you'd like to be a guest on the Nutrition Heretic podcast, it happens every week. Just go by our website, nutritionheretic.com and drop us a line or pop up on Facebook and check out Nutrition Heretic, facebook.com slash nutritionheretic. On Twitter, we are Nutra Heretic, 
And, you know, if you have a show idea, if you think that you'd be a great guest, we'd probably agree. So let us know. Topics, guests, whatever. We certainly want to talk to you and, and, and spread the word. And don't forget to rate our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher because it's, uh, it's real important to us. So we'd certainly appreciate it if you could drop us a few stars and a nice comment. Until next week, Adrian, Gaddy, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you.